All right, Mama, this is part two of my conversation with Sharon Selby from Deliciously Allergy Free. Today, we are getting super practical about what it looks like to manage symptoms, but also get to the root cause, what mums can do to build our kids' immunity, sneak in all the extra goodness what we can do to naturally reduce their eczema, asthma, allergy symptoms, you are not going to want to miss this. So if you haven't already, go and listen to part one, but let's get into part two of today's episode with Sharon Selby. Hey mama, do you want to balance maintaining your home, cooking, cleaning, all the things you have to do as a stay-at-home mum whilst being present with your family? Do you find yourself up late at night scattered thinking about all the things you didn't get done and so need to do tomorrow? Is your greatest desire for your littles to know and love Jesus? Hey, I'm Elise. When I became a mum, I felt overwhelmed and wished that I could just stay on top of everything. I wanted to be there for my family and yet all these things still had to get done. I was worried that I would spend this time too busy and miss it until I found the secret, partnering with God, even in our home life. In this podcast, you will find tactical tips for homemaking, help for your low-tox journey, as well as biblical parenting so that you will find God's joy and experience His peace in motherhood. Welcome to Wholesome Mama. It's time to go grab your cup of tea, reheat it because you know, and let's get into today's episode. So can we talk about what um, what are some of the common symptoms that parents or kids may have that suggest that there's a food intolerance or sensitivity going on? Yeah. Do you want to start with kids or mums? Let's go kids first. Okay. Deal, kids. deal with the kids first. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> so kids, anything. It can be really subtle things, dark, um, dark patches, dark, un, you know, under the eye, darkness. That's nutrient deficiencies, um, eczema, asthma, hay fever. This is, th- these are all signs that there's gut issues, health issues, allergy issues, behavioral disorders, ADHD, oppositional defiance disorder, autism. This is all also gut related. Uh, what reoccurring infections? Um, my eldest son, before I went on my own health transformation, he kept getting reoccurring ear infections. So I took him to the GP that got uh, referred to the ear, nose and throat specialist. He looked down the ear, could see my son was uh, very miserable and would provide antibiotics. He even said, I can't see anything in there, but he clearly your son's suffering and so are you. And they want to help. So that gave him antibiotics. A couple of months later, ear infection strikes again more antibiotics. I did this so many times before I knew what I was doing. And then I started studying nutrition and I worked out he has a dairy intolerance. And as soon as I took out the dairy, he's never had another ear infection. He has never had another round of antibiotics. And that was eight years ago. He's 10, nearly 11, eight years ago. Uh, So reoccurring infections. If you've had to have grommets done, if you've had to remove adenoids and tonsils, this is a gut issue. This is adding food into the diet that's causing inflammation and it will be expressed in different ways. So if there's too many toxins in the gut, those toxins will get transferred in the body through the bloodstream and wherever there's a weakness, and this is where genes can come in, 
genetics is you know if there's mental health issues you know it can affect our mood and our you know our joy if there's you know a weakness in the lungs it can create asthma if there's skin issues eczema so everyone expresses the inflammation and the toxins differently and that's why going back to the root cause when you work with certain practitioners and things like that the practitioners, 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 sorry, are not interested in all the chasing all the different symptoms. They just want to address the system, that one thing, and then the symptoms start to reduce a bit, like domino effect. It has a domino effect. It's quite amazing. It's a very efficient way to work. So those are sort of typical symptoms for kids: constipation, unhealthy cravings, uh, all signs of gut dysbiosis. And then for the mums, common ones are chronic fatigue, adrenal fatigue, burnout, experiencing lack of joy, uh, depression, moodiness, thyroid issues, autoimmune disease, all of these things. We have wonderful labels for all of them, but the root cause is, in the most part, the inflammation inside the body. It can be the gut, it can be the liver, everyone's slightly different. But it all starts with, have a look at your diet. So I find that a really easy one. We have, we have um, techniques to reduce stress, you know, with mindful practices, with our faith. But I find with food, your next mouthful, you can change it. Hmm. And that's what's so powerful about food. I just feel that it's a very, very quick fix. If done consistently for a little while. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, important to as you said earlier with you know when you're managing symptoms it can happen a lot quicker than when you're dealing with the root cause especially if it's you know if you as the mum are only starting to address the inflammation in your gut now it's going to take longer than your next meal to feel perfectly fine it's a it's a process it's a journey I love that so much um can you share any um, tips or really practical ways um, for mums? Because there might be mums who are listening to this going, okay, so what do I do? Where do I start? Do you have any tips tips for them? Yes. So it also depends what their goals are and how old their children are. But I think if they're experiencing any of the symptoms that I'm suggesting that I've shared, then there is a very good chance that we're dealing with some form of intolerance and that intolerance that we're consuming every day is causing inflammation in the gut. Um, I have so many incredible stories of mums in my community that have taken out a couple of foods from the diet and seen a massive change in their children's health and their symptoms and their conditions, like life-changing, totally life-changing. Um, that can be overwhelming. So a couple of things are the the biggest food triggers are generally, and gosh, this is the, the hard news here. The biggest triggers are our biggest food groups, which are dairy and gluten. They are incredibly inflammatory. And I know many mums will be, will be like, but our kids need calcium. You know, we need calcium and that comes from cows, but that's not natural. <laughs> We don't have the enzymes to process cow's milk. Um, we were ne never meant to have cow's milk. That being said, someone who's got great gut health can consume plenty of cow's milk and not have a reaction. Um, so, but the, but the key to getting rid of symptoms 
is to look at the diet and might want to think that dairy and gluten are causing, you know, all of those snotty noses, reoccurring infections. If your child is like very allergified and getting lots of reoccurring infections and snotty noses and that's often a dairy and gluten thing. Now it could be too hard to change to get rid of it all in one go. And I don't recommend that necessarily. It really depends on the mum, on the child, the symptoms, but you can start making healthier choices. You can start making small upgrades. So for example, for breakfast, you know, if it's Weetabix, um, chances are that Weetabix, you know, it's got lots of pesticides on there. It's probably not organic. Um, can you think of an alternative to Weetabix? For example, I'll make my kids for breakfast. We started out with gluten-free pancakes, buckwheat pancakes. I'd make a big, ba big batch on the weekend and we'd have leftovers in the morning. I'd just reheat them. Or I'd make my own granola with organic rolled oats which are naturally wheat-free. They can be contaminated, but you can get wheat-free organic rolled oats. They are so cheap as well. And I just combine that with coconut oil, maple syrup, some cinnamon, some seeds in there, some nuts if you're not allergic. And that's a very nutritious meal. Um, other, so you can start looking at ways to replace some of those common triggers. Uh, for example, pasta, try gluten-free pasta, just any gluten-free pasta. There's some that are better than others, but try gluten-free pasta. Cook more with rice, cook more with potato. Um, and then what we can do also is just upgrade the quality of the food we have. One big thing I do is, because I'm obsessed about getting nutrients into my kids' bodies, so and my own body, because I feel the effects of it. So wherever I can, I like to add in nutrient dense sneaks. So I can give you some examples. I, um, for example, when I'm making spaghetti bolognese, I make a massive batch. I'll put onions, garlic, carrots, celery. I'll then put the minced meat in there. I'll add red lentils in there because that's very budget friendly, but that's a whole other nutrient dense profile of nutrients in there and minerals. I'll then go ahead and add some kale in there i'll go and add um sometimes uh, weird things asparagus broccoli it's mostly three quarters vegetables and a quarter meat and what i do is and then of course a great tip is instead of using tin tomatoes i will just blitz up four tomatoes in my food processor and i've got these fresh tomatoes in there and then that cooks in a pot for a couple of hours i then get my stick blender and i hide all the evidence <laughs> I just, there's no vegetables in there I hide all the evidence and it goes into containers in the freezer and I've got like four or five containers in the freezer for a family meal so we'll have spaghetti bolognese once a week but that is such a nutrient-dense meal because it's got tons of vegetables and I mentioned to you earlier that the best way to optimize immunity and health is to increase our fiber in the diet so that's plant-based foods fruit vegetables legumes you know, gluten-free grains, beans, nuts, and seeds. That's what's going to really boost immunity. That's what the good bacteria in the gut thrive on. I'm really sorry, but we've got the bin guys just, <laughs> just leaving the street. What timing? Talking about the gut. Um, <laughs> but that's what good bacteria thrive on. That's that. That's what they want. And and if they get more of that fiber from fruit and vegetables and plant-based goodness. They start pre-populating, they start diversifying, they start killing off the bad bacteria. So you've got to think, what can I do to make this meal more nutrient dense? You mm -hmm. know, so there's various tactics. There's one is 
I like to get rid of inflammation and that often comes with getting rid of certain foods for a period of time to just work out what those triggers are. But then the next biggest thing is not to replace those foods with, with equally bad offending alternatives. Like here's a gluten-free bread or here's a gluten-free, you know, yogurt or dairy-free yogurt or whatever. And then you look at the label and there's 40 ingredients in there. Most of them are numbers. This is not healthy. This is not good. So it's finding good replacers. If you don't like the idea of eliminating foods um, and you could work with a practitioner for that, uh, then just look at making your meals more nutrient dense, you know, adding whole foods. I love um, the acronym SLOW. SLOW is seasonal, local, organic, whole foods. If you're doing that, that's amazing. So every time I serve a meal, I think, hmm, what can I do to make that more nutrient dense? There's another brilliant sneak that you can add to pretty much any savory meal. It's this ingredient is 20 times more nutrient dense than kale. Um, and I don't know if your kids are anything like mine, they won't want to eat kale. But this ingredient, if you just sprinkle it onto the food before you serve it, they won't taste it, they won't see it. But it's 20 times more nutrient dense than kale. And that is a, um, a seaweed called dulse dulse flakes d-u-l-s-e you can buy it in a health food store and i just sprinkle it on my food um and you're just massively increasing the nutrient profile of that meal wow i love that too with the spaghetti bolognese um because that's such a quick easy meal that probably most families eat we had it last night and yeah. i did blitz things in my thermomix but my daughter to I see something green in there mum <laughs> but that is such a good way we we do the same we load it um and I fill it up with um lentils or be, to make it last longer and it's such a good way to in that way of making it more budget friendly because you then go if I had just put the pack of mints on some spaghetti that would have done one dinner yeah. But the fact that it loaded, loaded it. So because I'm guessing you would come up, do you come up with um, people saying, but I just, with the cost of living, we just can't afford to eat healthy. How do you afford to eat healthy? What what are some of your, do you have any other tips or anything on, um, well, I just say, well, the price of illness is a lot higher, but, yeah. but do you have any other tips on eating whole foods and eating well uh, on a budget? Yes. The sad truth is a lot of those products that are in supermarket shelves are so cheap. They mm. really are. And fruit and vegetables can cost more, but there are definitely things you can do to make things more budget friendly. For example, the lentils in your mince dishes, whether it's chili con carne, tacos, uh, spaghetti bolognese, adding a third lentils is a really great way to extend that meal and the nutrient profile. Um, eating in season so for example mangoes in summer cost way less than in in winter so going to your farmers markets and buying deals of like you know boxes of things is a good idea and you just have to wash it and store it in the freezer if you're able to you have to actually make the effort mm. um it's inconvenient but you will save a heap of money i i really don't spend any more, I don't think, than other people, but everything my kids eat is whole foods. I don't buy packets. And I really extend the meals. Um, I have a whole list, I think 25 top tips on reducing your budget, but I 
I've drawn a blank, but what do I do? I planning, planning your meals. Yeah. Big thing, you know, and this not only saves expenses, but also your time and effort. So for example, when I make a big batch of food, I make a spaghetti bolognese, I have a huge pot and it's three or four family meals worth. And it saves a whole bunch of time there. Uh, I bulk up on the cheapish vegetables. So you always your onions, your garlic, your celery, your carrots are always quite affordable. Sweet potato, pumpkins, they're very affordable. Grains are very affordable. So think um, oats, uh, quinoa, rice, very affordable. So I, my boys, I've got two boys, they are massive eaters. So I have to really bulk up their grains, their gluten-free grains, because the fruit and vegetables and the meat side of things are more expensive. On that note, also the cut of meat makes a big difference uh, on the on your expenses. So if you get that prime beef fillet uh, steak or chicken breast, that costs a lot more than meat on the bone. So I will get a beef brisket that will cost me an initially quite a, a bigger outlay there, but it will cook about five meals, you know, I will cook that in a pot, I'll add some chicken bone broth in there, some vegetables, and I have this lovely sauce in there. And then I just shred the meat. And that is three or four meals for a family. So you can really, really um, make budget friendly choices by the cut of meat, the type of vegetables you use, expanding the meal with grains and things like that. And having a plan in place doing, I tend to plan my week based on what on what I'm cooking based on what we're having for dinner and that pretty much sets everything up for me because what I make for dinner ends up being leftovers for lunch boxes as well yeah. so I don't really have a prep session for lunch boxes I don't have time but I'll make sure that the dinner I make can extend to lunch boxes so for example I'll make burgers for dinner and I'll make mini meatballs for lunch boxes so they look cute um, I'll make pancakes on the weekend and I'll have little pikelets for lunch boxes. So I never make um, stuff for lunch boxes, but that saves time and money and effort because we just don't really have time to spend hours in the kitchen. Yeah. 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 And it's just being conscious of it. It's just being aware of mm-hmm. you can totally do it. You can totally do it. And it's just removing the in the convenience side of it that we've grown so accustomed to of I'll just run in and grab this packet mix grab this and then go home and make dinner it's actually no I'll just get the two things and make my own sauce so I'll just do this it's removing the convenience for real and it's not even that it's that inconvenient really it's a different type of convenience. I have the convenience of kids that are very healthy. I don't know last time you we went to a doctor. Uh, I'm not dealing with any symptoms. Um, they're happy. They're thriving. Touch wood. Um, so that's a huge convenience. In, and it's now you have to get used to changes. So I never used to cook. I actually used to think I was rather cool because I had a huge career prior to being a mum. You know, and that was my identity. And I thought, gosh, staying at home and cooking oh what a waste no it's um it's such a skill and it is the most important thing you can do for your children is to show them what real food looks like I have my boys they help me make bliss balls for their lunch boxes they help me make the spaghetti bolognese and they see all the vegetables that go in there and they're like really um but then they eat it <laughs> um, so another couple of good ones for reducing your budget is uh 
the more you can make, so the less processing the manufacturer has to do, the better. So, you know, I, I used to make my own almond milk, for example. It's so cheap because it's five almonds and water. And, you know, uh, I put a date in there for a bit of sweetener, but it is so cheap compared to buying that four or four dollar carton of, you know, activated almond milk or, you know, uh, so the more you can process, the more you can do, buy seeds, um, mill them yourself. Uh, the good one is coconut cream. I never buy a can of coconut milk. I buy a can of coconut cream and it's just mix half coconut cream with half water and that's your coconut milk. Yeah. So <laughs> if you cook, if you use a lot of coconut, which I did for a while, that's helpful. Yeah, well, thank you. So I've, I've loved this. I just have one more question before we finish up. What are your tips for picky eaters, for mums who are there? And I know this is this is probably a tangent that we could go down for a whole episode. Mm. But what are your tips for mums with picky eaters who are like my daughter goes, I see you're trying to hide something green in my spaghetti mum. <laughs> but what are your tips for, for them? So, yeah, so if you've got young kids, there's a blessing in that because you have total control of their food and to take real advantage of that uh, because as they get older, it's harder. But there's also strategies for older kids as well that I can share. Uh, for younger kids, I truly believe in making your life easier. And if you can sneak in goodness, then start there because uh, one of the reasons for fussiness is a deficiency in zinc, which is... Um, most kids are deficient in zinc. And when we're deficient in zinc, the flavor and the texture of food changes and kids just don't like it. So I would um, sneak in food, you know, nutrient dense foods where you can without them knowing. So in the case of spaghetti bolognese, invest in a very good stick blender and, you know, really blitz the, the crap out of that bolognese. So <laughs> you, you end up with like this reddish brown sauce and you don't see any of the green. Uh, you can do little things, um, you know, change the sugar in the diet, you know, use maple syrup, use better quality honey. Uh, we're, we're so afraid of eating uh, fruits because we're worried about the sugar content, but the sugar content in fruit is very different to refined sugars. Mm. They're very different. You know, the sugars and the, the, the minerals and the vitamins that come from fruit is amazing. So if they like fruit, don't take that away from them. Let them have it. Because if they don't have it, the sugar craving is going to come in another way and they're going to end up eating that packet of biscuits or the muffin or the cupcake. So uh, I, I, I always work with what do your kids really like to eat and see how you can make upgrades on that. So, for example, if they like to eat chicken tenders or chicken schnitzel, start making your own. Don't buy the stuff in the freezer. Get chicken breast. Um, I roll mine up in either almond meal or quinoa flakes or rice crumbs. I add some salt and pepper. I might add some paprika and I, I flavor it up. So just knowing what they um, like to eat, if they like to eat Vegemite, I've got a, a recipe on my website where you can make your own version and you keep the Vegemite container and you just put your version in there and you just change up the ratio until you've totally wiped out the store-bought product, which is full of preservatives and additives and MSG. So you can sneak things in, even ketchup. You can make your own and just keep the, you know, the ketchup bottle. But all they all have a huge impact. Add some chia seeds in food. Add some ground um, almond meal or 
flax seeds or something. They just add huge, if you were to read the nutrient profile of some of these simple foods, these simple sneaks we can do, we'd be so thrilled. Mm. And I would say, you can't convince a two or three-year-old to eat their broccoli, but you can hide it in their meal. And the more nutrients they get, that we feed the good bacteria, they start killing off the pathogens. We start getting different messages to the brain, to the brain, sorry. And so um, it, it's a slow process, but it's very doable. And also if they don't like, say for example, sweet potatoes, how are you serving that? Are you mashing it up? They might, might, might not like mashed sweet potato, but they might love roasted sweet potato. Um, so try different ways. I think you need to, it, I think with my kids, there's a, a rule of 10, try it 10 times. And if you don't like it after that, then okay, let's have a break from it. But I'm amazed how eventually my kids come around. So it's my limiting thoughts that limits them they actually will be open to it. The key as well is not to show your stress and passion on your child eating that food because it goes, it, it will, as soon as you're stressed around food and you're getting frustrated that they're not eating what you want, that stress immediately turns off their appetite because that's a survival instinct. If you're feeling stressed, your child will feel stressed. The last thing the body wants to do is eat. It's actually like in fight or flight mode. So the appetite's gone. Um, and what I also do is on a plate when my kids were a lot younger, I'd always have foods that they would like on the plate. And I'd always have a couple of different things on there that they wouldn't like. If they didn't eat it. At least I knew that what they, they had something before they went to bed. And what I wouldn't do is if they don't like something, offer something else. I am not a restaurant. This is what's for dinner. This is what we're all eating. If you don't like it, you can't be that hungry. It's fine. Don't eat it. And I don't make a big thing of it, but you're getting nothing afterwards. Mm. That's it. My mom never made me another meal. Oh, you don't like this roast chicken with Brussels sprouts? Oh, let me make you something else now. <laughs> it just didn't happen. We are so accommodating, but we're enabling behaviors and patterns that are not serving them or us. Yeah. So one meal and be comfortable putting something they like with something that's new or different and just keep adding it just because if they don't like it one time doesn't mean they'll never like it yeah 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 you don't know the one time that they will try and then go oh I actually like it yeah that's right it's quite amazing and they may never love it but they'll eat it because yeah. you also set a culture of we're eating together we're eating the same meal and it's a really good idea to invest eating together as a family as much as yeah. you can when you can, uh, it has sciences and science has shown that that adds so much value to children's self-worth, um, everything like that. So eat, you have to set an example. And that's my, my thing with older kids. You can't really control their diet, but you can be like a bookend for them. So you can send them off to school with a nourishing breakfast and you can make sure they come home to a nourishing dinner. And what they do when they're, when you're not around, you have no control of, but if there's some great examples and routines and traditions in the home about you know food and making food they will eventually come back to it but the best thing you can do there is to model great behavior and choices and that's what's the exciting thing about mums with older kids you be the change maker by making these changes yourself they mm. will witness your transformation because you will change and then they'll want some of it too I remember my ex-husband when I started going into, oh, I don't want to have gluten and dairy and no, I'm going to have this. 
And then I started going into more organic foods and like, oh no, we can't have those products and all the chemicals. We need, you know, more natural products. At first he thought I was a lunatic, but then, and he was like, oh, this is, you know, at first I didn't know how to make it budget friendly. So I was spending more, but then he saw the transformation and your biggest crit critique, crit the, your biggest critiques and the people with the most opinions, I'm thinking in-laws and, you know, whoever, well-meaning parents, they become your biggest fans because they see the change. So take charge of your children's health, take charge of your own health and mm. don't worry what other people think. Yeah, 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 for sure. So how how can mamas um, work with you? Where can we get in touch with you for mums who are wanting to know more, have listened to this and gone, okay, I, I need to press reset on our family's diet. Where can they get more from you? Well, head over to my website, deliciouslyallergyfree.com. Uh, I don't do one-on-one -on -one consults anymore. So I have courses and online classes and memberships. But depending when this gets aired, in a couple of weeks, end of this month, I am hosting, I do it twice a year, a cooking training. It's a four-day live cooking training called Supercharge Your Kids Immunity. And I teach you how to get 30 plant-based fiber-rich foods into your kids' diet. Even if they're fussy, even if you're short on time, you can you can achieve this. So you're going to learn all my sneaks in that. Uh, so yes, if that if if this airs soon, you can certainly join that. That's coming out very soon. And then I have my course, Raising Kids with Allergies, which is my gut health course. And those are probably the best ways to work with me. I love it. I I'm sign signing up for the cooking challenge to I can get more into my kids because I think that it's just always good always good to get more get more tips see how other people are doing it but Sharon thank you so much for coming on today and chatting with me and for sharing so much wisdom and goodness I'm so excited for this message to get out to more mums so thank you so much oh, such a pleasure thank you well that wraps up another episode and I pray that you were blessed by today's conversation and really got something out of it for you to take into your motherhood this week. If you did get something out of today's episode, please subscribe, leave a review so I know that you're loving the show. You can also come and chat on Instagram. The handle is at Wholesome Mama. And don't forget, we have a Facebook community too with mums just like you who are in the trenches of mothering littles. So come and join us over there as well. The link for everything is always in the show notes. Have a beautiful week, mum. Be blessed and I will be with you next week.